0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. Hi, my name is Andrew Hempy.
1: And I'm Evan Hempy.
0: And today we're going to be answering a few questions from parents and teens regarding our experience growing up without video games, smartphones, or social media.
1: All right, I'll start with the first question. Uh, can you share what it was like growing up when your oldest brother was addicted to video games? And uh, what do you remember most?
0: So our oldest brother, being 12 years older than us, he, there was a pretty considerable age gap. And so with his addiction to, uh, to video games, we never really saw him very much. We were really young when he was really starting to invest more time into his gaming. And so we never really developed the that uh, very close-knit relationship with him very much. Um, partially because of the age gap and I think also largely because of his addiction. And so there's very few memories we have of him really um, from when we were young. I would say like, there's numerous memories of us just being upstairs in, in the upper floor of our house and we could hear him yelling at his game in the basement. Um, the, those are pretty memorable. I just remember being a little frightened by that. I, I do think it's it's pretty sad how... We never really were able to develop a very close relationship just because any attachment and relationship we tried to develop with him was really just pulling him away from his game. Um, And to him at the time, that was a pretty substantial inconvenience. Like, he wasn't really uh, a huge fan of having to spend time with his little brothers when he could be dominating other players across the world on, on his game. So... I think that was that was uh, those two factors were largely interdependent on each other and that kind of affected our the lack of relationship that we developed. Anything you want to add to that, Evan?
1: I mean, yeah, just going off what you said, we were a little frightened by him. Sometimes the game would like really turn up his rage when we would do something silly like being annoying or stealing his candy from his room and he would get real mad and we were young and he was big, but that game definitely didn't help with like anger towards us and annoyance and so yeah we never really uh saw him but we were also a little bit scared of him just because if he was older and he had that little edge to him so
0: yeah aside from a very limited number of fond memories of times when we would be just playing or hanging out outside there's very few occasions when we can remember actually spending quality time with him and most of our interaction with our older brother while he was addicted to video games was really just dominated by his telling us to go away or being annoyed at us or really just being angry all the time. And just kind of contrasting that to our relationship today, obviously he's, he's in, he's studying, he's at school. And so we don't get to see him as much, but as far as our uh, relationship as brothers now, it's, it's a lot more genuine in that we're able to uh, grow together and, get to just hang out on a purely brother basis. We're able to just, you know, be guys around each other and hang out. We're not always on edge, walking on eggshells, trying not to send Adam into a rage uh, because we knew he was already frustrated or upset or in this perpetual angst due to his game. So um, it's really nice now just being able to, it's almost like we're starting to see the fruition of, the relationship that we began to develop after he got off games and how that's starting to really develop into an actual relationship now where we're able to we can talk to each other all the time and and hang out and just do be be normal close-knit brothers rather than having that game kind of come between and separate our relationships
1: yeah and it definitely helps that we're older now and like have an appreciation for an older brother because the experiences that he's had in life and that he's been able to share with us. And yeah, just, just talking with, with him, just hanging out as like a friend, as a brother doing things. And like Andrew said, just not being afraid of like him losing his temper because he wasn't playing his game. And the fact that he's not playing his game lets us spend more time with him when he is home And uh, really get to you know get to know him and have fun with them as a brother. So,
0: moving on to another question: Are you allowed to use screens outside of schoolwork? And if so, uh, what are you allowed to do on them? I mean, yeah, we
1: we are we do do a um, considerable amount of work on the screens for school with typing papers and other things like that. But I mean, honestly. Being on the screen when you don't have to be is pretty annoying. Like, just sitting on my computer after I'm done with homework, doing something that I could totally be just doing away with and going out and being more productive. Like, you just feel bad after just sitting there. And uh, that's a bad use of time with your screen. But then, a good use of time with the screen outside of schoolwork is watching shows with the family and doing family movie night. Like we've been watching um, some older movies uh, with the family that's really fun. And now that we have our sister home, we get to do that And are with our mom and dad and my brother. And so that's really a good way to connect, like talk about the movie and just, yeah, just say what you think. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, the extent of screens outside of schoolwork. And it's kind of funny because back when we were in middle school, just because we didn't have phones and video games, people thought we were, like, Amish. So they're like, oh, my, you watch TV shows? Like, how do you how have you seen every single movie that I haven't? Like, you guys are Amish because you don't have video games or social media. And it's just because we were able to utilize screens in a way that wasn't so time-consuming that it wasn't productive uh, to grow as a family. And you can elaborate on some other things that we do
0: it was never, we were never using screens for the purely like recreational or entertainment side of things. We, the only reason we got a computer was for school. Um, and so I think the fact that our, that we have a, a computer purely for school kind of establishes how we aren't going to use that computer as just a black hole to waste time on, but we're going to be productive when we are on our computers and and when once we've completed our schoolwork like i personally i don't really want to be on my computer because i've already i've already been on it doing schoolwork and so i would much rather go do something that's a much better investment of time or it's much more genuine and person-to-person interaction rather than continuing to just stare at the same screen and so as far as what what am i allowed to do on my screen we have restrictions on the things we can access on our computer. But honestly, the it's not like I'm trying to fill all of my spare time with that screen. It's not like that in the least. And I think it's it's really helpful that we use our screens purely as, as a tool. We use our computers, which we, we first got in high school. We use those as a tool purely for getting schoolwork done. And some people think like, oh, as soon as you're done with school, like your parents go lock your computer up in a safe. And it's not like that at all. But I think it's, it's really just the fact that we're, we've established the way we use our screens as being productive and getting work done. And once that work is done, we really, I have a very minimal desire to spend any more time on my computer. Cause I just, I know from being raised the way I have been that spending that time and investing it in developing other skills and relationships is so much more valuable than, um, wasting away on, on a screen. That kind of answers that question of how using screens outside of schoolwork, it's, it's pretty minimal, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, let's move on. So do you think that middle school is really the worst age to give a kid a smartphone? Or is that just like a myth and exaggeration that people have made up? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So based on my own experience of being pretty much an outsider out out from that camp through all of middle school and early high school, I think it's, I most certainly agree that middle school is the worst time to give someone a smartphone just because, the the awkward stages that everyone's going through even even outside of phones you can see how people are changing so much and it, people are just ruthlessly mean to people for no reason because everyone's so insecure all the time and i just i've seen like firsthand in countless relationships how um people really just change as soon as they get their as soon as they get that smartphone and. I've had friends who I used to be tight with, but they got their phone and that, that became their life. And they were, um, I would still see them at school, but it was obvious that that was just, that was taking precedent in their life and, um, their status on social media and the time they were investing on their phone was, was obviously a higher priority in their lives than building a relationship with me or others was. Um, So I definitely think that middle school is just brutal in that sense. And it's, it goes alongside with high school as well. Um, Just middle school and high school are high school is really just a continuation of the insecurity that begins in middle school. I don't really think high school is much of a better time either, just because kids are even more ruthless in high school. And I think the drama that happens on group chats and, and uh, over social media platforms is just a mess. There's there's no ability for people to effectively communicate. Everything is just a screaming match, typing page-long paragraphs, and no one knows how to feel empathy or sympathy for the person they're communicating with. Um, I, I think those are just, just brutal times to have to cope with that additional... Um, stress on top of the stress that someone might already experience from school. And when it comes to the that aspect of the stress, I really don't think I missed out at all um, in middle school. And I, sure, I really wanted a smartphone, but now I'm I'm so thankful every day now that my parents were... that they were strong and that they didn't give in to my every whim and want immediately. And I just see how being spared from all that drama and the additional stress that people get and really the identity-shaping influence that social media and their peers online can have is really is really kind of brutal. And, and yeah, are there any, any thoughts you have on that as well, Evan? I mean, no doubt we wanted a smartphone in middle school. I mean, everyone started
1: to get them in sixth and seventh grade and everyone started to venture into the world of like social media and we were just like, Oh my gosh. Like people were making references and I had no idea what they were. It was like things people had posted on social media. And during lunch, we would just feel so like you do feel left out. And it's not a good feeling. No one likes to be left out. But you have to understand that there's a reason that you're not getting into all that stuff that they are. And it's way more refreshing to be different and not just follow the same crowd and all look at everyone else's in life and what they do. And it's really hard. It's hard to be different, especially in middle school when everyone makes fun of everyone else. And, yeah, sure, Andrew and I got picked on countless times through middle school almost every day for not having a smartphone and video games, but that's not a character flaw. There's nothing wrong with Andrew and I. See, So they couldn't find anything and. Middle schoolers always try to find things to make fun of other people about, and especially character flaws and dumb decisions. But Andrew and I were made fun of for not having smartphones in social media and video games and stuff like that. So it's like there's, there's nothing important that you miss out on in middle school by not having a smartphone...
0: One interesting aspect is starting in the, in middle school and continuing into high school, you begin to notice the correlation between the people who spend so much time on their phones and the people who are constantly complaining about having too much homework or being super stressed. Um, it's always the exact same crowd of people. And I always thought it was interesting how, given all of the extracurricular activities that Evan and I do with sports year-round and uh Playing two instruments and participating in an orchestra, we we have such a full schedule, but I'm able to get hours more sleep than countless other people in my school and classes that have none of the that have none of the extracurricular activities that I participate in. And I always thought that was interesting how if I'm missing if what I'm getting made fun of is the fact that I get more sleep than them, the fact that I am less insecure than them the fact that i don't have to constantly worry about what thousands of people think about my outfit on a particular day or the shoes i don't have um the fact that i don't have to worry about that if that's what people want to make fun of me for i'm just fine with that because what they're making fun of me for is is really just what they wish they had it's it's what kids don't want to have to be insecure but because of the influences that social media has and in this this ability that they have to constantly be influenced by others around them that just fuels this massive bonfire of stress and anxiety in their lives and insecurity telling them they're not good enough and i'm i'm looking back on it now i am so thankful every day that that was what i missed out on that that really is one of the most beneficial things you can ever miss out on. And it, it really, I don't know, I think it was, it was so helpful to me. No doubt. And the fact
1: that mom and dad didn't give in and give us phone in middle school, everyone used to make fun of us and ridicule us for not having it in middle school. But that all started to change ninth grade when people started to have more respect for Andrew and I because we played music and we played sports and we were able to carry conversations with people, look them in the eye and be polite, especially to adults. Adults used to notice it all the time. They were like, oh wow, that's so cool. You guys can have conversations with me. And it's it's just so crazy that um, it's such a low expectation for middle schoolers that they just can't have a conversation with an adult. And so the fact that mom and dad didn't give in made us different and put us out there and people really started to notice that i don't know if that's gonna happen everywhere but based on andrew and i our experience that was that was a really cool thing to
0: see so moving on to another question um if you don't play video games what do you even do for fun oh that's a really interesting question that's a really easy one to answer as well would you like to start us off evan i mean yes
1: like what do I do for fun? Well, you go and you be adventurous. I don't know. You go outside. There's so much to do outside, like various sports. Just going to, with some friends to play ultimate frisbee out in the field or going to just play basketball, even by yourself. Basketball is one of those things. All you need is a ball and a hoop, and you don't have to be really good. It's just fun to just shoot around and dribble, and you just you just do that, and you just um, you break a sweat. You just you feel a lot more productive because you are moving around. Um, one of the worst feelings is just sitting there and not feeling productive, like at all. And to to just think about the last three hours that you spent playing video games, you are like, oh man, what did I just do? Like I just literally spent three hours just sitting here when I could have been doing multiple things with multiple friends, just going out for a bike ride going out to get dinner with a friend. I don't know, just things like that, especially in high school when people start to be able to drive and you can just hang out with multiple people. And um, what we do inside is we've always had a a big presence of board games in this family, and I haven't really been as into them as uh, Andrew has and my dad, but you don't have to be really good at board games to just sit down and have fun. There are so many games that don't require strategy. I don't know, like Sorry and Monopoly. Like Monopoly, a little bit of strategy, but still, it's fun to get together with friends and family and do that and play games and like chess. Another thing that keeps me busy inside is music and reading and just keeping your mind active when the day is bad and you can't really go outside. There's always something new you can learn in music and you can look up Tons of videos um, on how to play all these songs you like. If you just get a keyboard and just, you can learn so much just by that, which is a really cool thing we have today. And uh, reading, there's always more books to read. People say, oh, I don't like to read. Well, they like something in their life, and there's a book about something that everyone likes. So you can always read about something you're interested in, and then you don't feel like it's something you have to do. Then you're just flying through the book, and you're just enjoying it, and you want to keep turning the pages when it's something you're interested in. It's nice having a brother to do this with. So that can be really tough if you're an only child. But there's almost always people in the neighborhood that will get together and do something fun with you outside, play a game. It's refreshing to be able to do something new. Like, hey, do you want to try to play a board game today? Do you want to learn this together? It's it's a good relationship-building thing. So, yeah, Andrew, you can elaborate on that.
0: Yeah, just, just to briefly touch on, I think this is something that social media has especially ingrained, is everyone, no, no one wants to do anything unless they can be perfect at it. No one wants to do anything unless they're going to be the absolute best. No one wants to play any sports if they can't win all the time. No one wants to play any instruments if they can't play the songs that professionals can play. And I that really is just really concerning and sad to me because, I know for a fact I am not the best at, at any of the sports I play. I am not nearly the best at any of the instruments I play. But um, these are all things that I do because I enjoy them, and because there's so much more. There are so much more productive ways to invest your time than to pour hours and hours and hours into trying to become the best at a video game that has no impact in the real world. That really has no benefit to you. Um, developing your identity and becoming a, a person who will eventually be sent out into the, into the real world. And I, I think that that's really interesting is how it's just become second nature that I I want to develop more meaningful skills and uh, become better at interacting with people or develop skills in music or, or just even things like that are leisure activities such as reading or board games or even just sitting and being bored like that sometime that time is really productive even if someone might think it's not honestly the times where you just sit and do nothing that time is a lot more productive than time that you might spend just scrolling mindlessly through social media or running a game of duos with some random people across the world and even being bored uh, just to touch on that it's you're allowing your mind to just wander to just be free from the constant impression of other influences on it and you're actually starting to think slightly for yourself, even if it's just for a, a minute or two, um, rather than constantly being berated and bombarded with outside influences trying to tell you what to think, what to say, what to wear, how you're supposed to look, um, what you're supposed to be good at, how you're supposed to spend your time. So, yeah, I think that's that's kind of interesting. Is it's it, there's a lot more freedom within our free time because it's not constantly being consumed by that singular activity of video games or. Um, wasting time trying to post something perfect on social media to impress a million people. There's so many things that, that you can do to s- spend time with. And if you can't, l- you literally can't think of anything to do, that's probably a little concerning because, I mean, middle school and high school, when is another time in your life when you can just do something if you want to? You can just be creative. You can just develop your mind or a skill or just lounge around and and think or read or draw or sketch or something like that when is there another time in your life when you have so much time available to just develop yourself um i think that's i think that's something that a lot of kids are missing out on because they're substituting and squeezing out all of that time with um other activities like like social media and video games the next question is so if you don't have smartphones or
1: social media how do you even have friends? Like how do you make friends because social media looks like a perfect way to make the perfect friend and keep up with people. So you're just your thoughts on that.
0: For me regarding the friends thing, I think friends and liking is such a it's such a buzzword now if you notice all of these social media platforms are developed around trying to make someone feel like they have way more friends or likes or they're way more approved of by others than other people are on that same platform. And I, I think it's so toxic and corrosive to see how people base their self-worth on how many random people they've never met before seem to approve of what they post on on a social network. I think that's, I, I think it's really absurd how people think that those are actually genuine relationships. And there's so many kids now who are being bitterly disappointed by that. And they're discovering that all of this time that they've invested in trying to develop these quote unquote relationships through social media, a lot like 99% of the, of that time is just going to just go to waste. It's not going to prove to develop any beneficial relationships or any personal development Um, and so how do you have any friends? I think that's a pretty funny question to ask because it's not like we're secluded in a closet all day. Like we, we go to school and, and we, we interact with so many different crowds of people on a, on a given day. I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about how our parents have, have raised us is how we're invested in so many different groups of people that it's kind of hard not to make friends. We have People we see every day at school, we have guys we go and hang out with at baseball. We have a group we hang out with at cross-country practice and basketball. And then we have people that we do music with and people in our orchestra. Um, I think that's one thing is, is having just a diversity of the people you interact with on a daily basis. I think that that shapes your your ability to interact with others effectively and to build genuine relationships and friendships. I think that's really beneficial. And um, yes, Evan and I have friends. We actually have quite a few of them, believe it or not. I think it's, it's really meaningful to see how the relationships we have, given that we don't have social media or a smartphone or any of that, all of our relationships are constructed entirely out of how we interact in person. And I think that's so beneficial to see how I don't need uh, thousands of random people online saying they approve of me when that's really not fulfilling at all. That doesn't make anyone feel better about themselves because all they want is more and more and more. It's it's really amazing to see how relationships with people in my neighborhood, people that are geographically close to me, that live nearby me, and, and people in school that I interact with person to person, those are all such beneficial and um, meaningful relationships because they're they're people who show that they actually appreciate me because they they want to stick around me in person and and it's people that I can I can I want to spend time with based on how they act in person and there's nothing superficial or fake or two sided about that you can it's really easy to put out this facade and this false identity on social media and try and impress people to make them like you but in person I mean people like you for who you are and people will appreciate or not appreciate you for who you are. There are people I'm not friends with, but there are also plenty of people that I am um, just based on uh, how they appreciate me as a person and how I appreciate them. And yeah. Any, any thoughts on that, Evan?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone loves to talk no matter how much someone spends on social media. They always love to talk. So if you go to school with them, you're going to have to talk to them no one goes to school and is on social media the whole day. You got it. You're going to have to dis- develop those social skills where you're able to talk to someone and find what you have in common and able to express yourself and be yourself around these people. And you're not going to click with everybody. It's impossible to be everyone's friend. And that's like the misconception, like Andrew is saying about social media, where, oh, well, I'm just friends with them just because they hit a the like on my post or something like that. It's talking to people at school and doing projects with people because you are gonna have to do projects with people, you're gonna to have to work with people your whole life. People are super important and being able to look them in the eye and have a conversation about other things than what happened and what went down on social media, it's really beneficial and it leads, like Andrew said, to better rooted relationships and closer relationships and you actually enjoy spending time with these people and when you're away from your friends, which can be a good thing. It's definitely okay to miss friends. But if you're having a superficial relationship on social media with people who are near you and at your school, like that's that's just not very good. That means you don't really want to like have a good relationship with them in person. You would just rather send a few Snapchats a day and then barely talk to them at school.
0: And, and having actually in-person genuine relationships, it, it it allows you the opportunity to actually resolve conflict in person the way conflict is supposed to be resolved. I've never had an experience and I've never heard about one from my friends where there was an actual conflict resolved and people were actually better after texting or direct messaging someone than they were before. Um, I've never really heard of a successful breakup over text. They kind of, Those kind of get made fun of interaction such as that over over the screen is exponentially less effective than actual in-person communication and interaction is and i think that's just so a lot of kids are losing their ability to actually resolve conflict because that's impossible to do over a screen and no one wants to actually learn how to do it in person and yeah that's just that's something brief about that but i i think that's pretty frustrating and concerning do you have any
1: advice for a teen or a parent struggling with this attachment to the screens and just feeling like it's their life and it's the end all, be all, and they need to have good relationships? Just any, just your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. So if you look at the general theme behind all of this social media, video games, all of these things, these addictions that people have, everyone just wants to be the same as everyone else. Everyone just wants to. They want to act like they're oh quirky and original through their posts on on social media but really they're just copying something they saw someone else post and they're just trying to put their own little spin on it but no one's actually being original or genuine. No one it's way it's super exhausting to be different but that does not mean that being different is not worth it. Um Evan and I we grew up different just from not having a smartphone or social media or or video games but um, if anything we've talked at, uh, talked about has meant anything to someone listening, um, I hope at the very least it communicates to them how being different is so worth it. It's so beneficial to be willing to be a little different and to actually, you don't have to conform to what everyone else is doing, to how everyone else spends their time, to the s- fake relationships that everyone else seems to be enjoying, but, but not really. Um, but you don't have to constantly just congeal to what you see influencers saying, um, how you should act on social media and other, other things like that. The list goes on. But being different is so beneficial. And sure, it's difficult. It's going to be exhausting, especially in middle school. It's hard to be different from your peers. But you'll find that the relationships you develop will be so much more meaningful. People will respect you because you're different. And once they get over their jealousy and once they get over the the fact that they can't stand that you don't have to worry about all of the constant anxiety that they're being berated with, people will appreciate you and understand how you can be a better friend than any of their thousands that might have hundreds or thousands on social media hundreds and thousands of fake friends and i think the your ability to interact with and be personable with with people is just it'll it'll blow away any other development or skill you think you might gain from from being on social media so
1: yeah and to a parent who's struggling with wanting their kid to have friends, because, I mean, every parent wants their kids to have friends, but you can't be your kid's best friend regarding something like this, because they're at school, and they see what their friends have, and they want it, because everyone likes to be accepted. But as a parent, you have to know that your kids aren't going to love you, and thank you so much right away for taking away their phone or their video game. Something like that. And you just have to be able to know that you're going to put up with a lot of trash. And Andrew and I, in middle school, like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, um, when we didn't have these things that everyone else had, we gave mom a lot of trash. We were very rude. And mom just would sit there because she knows how insecure and immature we are in middle school and that she knew what was best for us. And just looking back on that now, it's just amazing to see how much more fun I'm having in high school uh, forming real relations with people because mom was able to endure everything, every mean thing, every sassy word that we sent her way, uh, as well as dad. Dad was able to stand up to it too. And then for a kid, you have to know that your parents know what's best for you and they've been around longer than you and they have more experience in life than you and you have to be able to listen to them and you have to understand that they love you and what they're doing is they're looking out for you in the future and they're trying to put you on a better track and to be different and to go and do something that makes it your own and not someone else's and just to understand that it's not going to be fun at the beginning but the benefits that you'll reap in the future are just innumerable
0: yeah and just for parents Parents, it's really hard, but we need parents to be willing to be different too. You have to be willing to kind of bear some of the scrutiny that you might get from other parents saying, oh, um, she's just a crazy mom who's uh, a phone cop or a video game cop or something like that. Uh, parents, we y'all just have to be willing to stand up for your kids. As kids, we need it more than ever for parents to be to be standing up for us. And and as as a middle schooler, you don't want your parent to treat you the same way everyone else does, even though that's what everyone else they want the cool mom or they want the the cool dad or something who who treats them them like they're equal or like a friend. I think parents really just have to put their foot down and say, I'm not going to be acting like your peers want me to or you want me to but I know it's best for you and I love you way more than any of your friends do and because of that I am going to help you along this difficult time um and I'm gonna make sure that the relationship that we have supersedes any of any of that superficial relationship that you might think you're gaining from your peers or from social media and um yeah it's exhausting for the kids and and for parents to be different but in the end, the benefit is is just it's far greater than anything else, and those benefits are are they shape your lifetime. They will they will impact how you are as a person, how you interact with others, and um, these these benefits aren't just in middle school and high school. These are these are lifelong benefits that um, that kids will will receive from their parents, and what parent doesn't want to give their kid that kind of benefit? I, I really think it it is it is something. There's something to be said for parents just being willing to love their kids enough to tell them no. To love their kids enough to say, hey, I know it's better for you, for you than you do. So just love your kids that much. I, I think that's so beneficial. And regarding the, the vast number of friends that kids think they're trying to amass out there, from my experience, this is shown both from my experience and scientifically, kids, you don't need tons of friends all you really need is a few good ones. Um, all you need a few, maybe two, three, four, five really close-knit friends and you'll know that they have your back and you might have some hiccups here and there, but those friends are going to be so much more genuine and so much more real and authentic than any other friendship you think you might be developing over a screen. Yeah, any other Any other last last words, comments, Evan, you want to share? Be strong and not get pushed over by the
1: wave of social conformity and wanting everyone's kids to be like everyone else's kids.
0: Well, we hope you all enjoyed listening today. Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Yep, and Andrew and I will continue to answer your questions,
1: so be sure to email them to team, T-E-A-M, at screenstrong.com, or you can post them in the Screen Strong Families Facebook group.
0: So until next time,
1: stay strong.